Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, our soon-to-be former county executive is looking to the future. Why run one county when you can influence 10? HBO's latest show has been taking inspiration from our steel-making past, and we found out how to make the 412 your Spotify-wrapped sound town. It's Tuesday, December 5th. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. I'm with the Hey Pittsburgh newsletter editor, Francesca DeBecco. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Trying something new today. Yeah, uh, we just wanted to talk about big news of the week. I would love to know what everyone thinks. Um, please get in our DMs at CityCastPGH, or you can email us, Pittsburgh at CityCast.FM. So, Francesca, what are Pittsburghers talking about this week? Yeah, we are thinking about Rich Fitzgerald's future in our city, or region, rather. Uh, So last month, Allegheny County elected Sarah Inamorado to replace Rich Fitzgerald as county exec. And last week, we learned what his next move is going to be. He will be the new executive director of the Southwestern Pennsylvania Commission. That sounds like a very big title. Another one. Uh, What's he going to be doing there? Yeah, well, first, let's start with the commission is because I feel like a lot of folks may not know about it. Yeah. Um, The organization covers 10 counties and it makes plans for public investments. So like setting economic priorities across the region. It also helps direct um, and, and sort of plan the use of state and federal funding for things like transportation, broadband development, water and sewer issues. Sounds like another big collection of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really important. Um, Pittsburgh Magazine reported that the commission is connecting counties to over 35 million for transportation and economic development through 2045. So a large window there. Um, And Fitzgerald is going to be in charge of 50 people who are part of that commission. And it's a big region that he's covering. Like I said, we were joking, but like it goes from one county to a lot more than that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just so we're clear, the counties that we're talking about here are Allegheny, Armstrong, Beaver, Butler, Fayette, Green, Indiana, Lawrence, Washington, and Westmoreland. Props for getting that in alphabetical order, Francesca. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But this isn't a completely new space for Fitzgerald to be in. You know, he's been involved with the SPC before. I think the executive committee while he was the county executive for Pittsburgh, Allegheny County. Um, So you've talked about what the SPC does in the big picture. Um, Any specific projects worth watching for? Yeah, I was poking around on their website and I saw that they have a long-term transportation plan that involves preserving local bridges. Um, The director of transportation and planning there says that 25% of our local bridges are rated poor. Um, I I really don't want to (laughs) know which ones those are, honestly. (laughs) 
Well, then you will hate this because the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation has a bridge conditions map that you can look at. Um, It lets you isolate the county that you're in. In Allegheny County, there are 92 state bridges. You know, bridges can be owned by different entities, cities, counties, other things. Um, 92 that are in poor condition. Um, And there are 74 local bridges that are in poor condition. Oh, man. Uh, Scary. But uh, it's a great resource. And especially if you just kind of want to like dig around and, um, you know, see how they compare. If you want to know what, yeah, how terrible it can be, take a peek. (laughs) Right, right. We'll have that link in our show notes. Um, But, you know, they do a lot of other important things. Uh, We talked about broadband. That's really important for people to have access to in order to exist in our world today. Having, uh, you know, quality internet connection is extremely important. So um, they just started an annual summit on broadband connectivity with federal, state and local stakeholders um, to sort of address the equitable and affordable access to broadband internet in southwestern Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be happening every year. Uh, actually, in 2022, the commission reported that residents in Allegheny County have both some of the highest internet speeds in the region and areas with inadequate internet speeds um, and few service options. So we really have a large range of access in in our region here. Yeah. And while Pittsburgh has its own digital equity commission, the SPC works to make sure that other counties aren't missing out on federal broadband aid. So what you're saying is Fitzgerald won't be going very far away. Yeah, both in the work that he's doing and where he's doing it, he'll be just a skip from the Allegheny County Courthouse to the office in the Strip District Terminal. Nice. Hey, Pittsburgh. Behind those stately red doors on Bingham Street, the brilliant minds at Pittsburgh's City Theater have a brand new stage show for you. It's a modern revamp of the Shakespearean classic Hamlet. Fat Ham follows a young queer black man named Juicy, whose father visits from beyond the grave to demand Juicy avenge his murder. Check it out through March 24th and get your tickets at citytheatercompany.org. Use code CITYCAST, all one word, for $5 off. So moving on, uh, what about you, Megan? What's something Pittsburgh-y that caught your eye this week? Mine is much more frivolous. Um, a little nebby nostalgia for you. Are Ooh, you I familiar love that. with the HBO show <laughs> The Gilded Age? Yeah, you know, I saw a preview for this. I was interested in it. I didn't commit to watching it yet, but uh, you've got some, you know, Pittsburgh connections here. You've been watching the show. I love a period drama. Uh, It is set in 1882 in New York City, um, and it's based on some real people like Mrs. Astor. um, And there's a really prominent black journalist at the time, um, J. Thomas Turner, that was really cool. And then a bunch of composite characters. Um, They're in the second season now, a little over halfway, and they have been talking about Pittsburgh for weeks because the titan of industry that it follows owns a bunch of railroads and steel mills in Pittsburgh. Ah. I love seeing the city in movies and shows. Um, How are they talking about us, though? Yeah, up until this week, every mention kind of felt like they were talking about the boogeyman. Um, And it seems to be coming to a head. I won't keep you all night. You have little enough time of your own. That's right. Eight, eight, eight. Eight hours of work. 
Eight hours of rest! And eight hours to Now they'll be ready with their patrols and their guns. We'll bring weapons of our own! Is that the Homestead Strikes? It sure seems like it's about to be. If you couldn't understand that, it was eight hours of work, eight hours of rest, eight hours for what you will. Um, This show has tinkered a lot with the dates of when stuff happens in real life to make the show more interesting. Right. You said the show is set in 1882. When did the Homestead Strikes happen? There, There was a big anniversary, what, this last year? I remember we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, we'll link it in the show notes. So the Battle of Homestead, as it was known, took place in 1892. Okay. Um, So last year was that 130th anniversary. Men working for the Carnegie Steel Corporation at the Homestead Works, that's where the waterfront is now, Mm -hmm. they walked out for six days to defend their rights while on the job. They wanted their union recognized. And at the time, um, actually, I'll just let our guest from last year, local historian Maura Bainbridge, I'll let her explain the sticking points. And the big deal um, happening at the time is that the price of steel, so there's a sliding scale wage system, which meant that the amount that folks got paid in the Homestead Steel Works was based on how much steel is selling for. And the Carnegie Steel Corporation has basically a monopoly on steel at this time, so they can set the prices. So if it's a sliding scale wage system, then they're basically setting the wages artificially on that, too. So exactly when was this battle? So it took place on the morning of July 6th. 300 Pinkerton, quote unquote, detectives. Um, They're more like security guards. They came up the mon on tugboats to strike break. Um, It should be said, I guess, that we know that they were strike breaking now. Some accounts from the time suggest that not all of these so-called detectives knew what they were in for. Oh, Um, But the workers were ready. Um, They blocked them from trying to come inside the mill. Mora told us that they even had a Civil War cannon on the shore of the Mon, um, and they set a raft on fire to try to dissuade them. It was it was an interesting day. Wow. And the workers ultimately won. They did that one day, at least. The Pinkertons turned around, but then the Pennsylvania National Guard came in six days later to, quote-unquote, restore order. Mm. They brought replacement workers with them. Historian Maura Bainbridge said that it took decades for another union to get recognized in a steel mill here. She pegged it around 1937, and I was curious, so I looked it up. That is also when the entire nation got a recognized eight-hour workday as part of the New Deal, which, you know— That's so much time that has passed at that point. And people had been asking for it for close to 100 years. Wow. Wow. So interesting. Um, So how... How did the show depict this? Um, Well, they haven't yet, but they're starting to, I think. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be a combination of things. Um, Just as a reminder, because I think, you know, this period of history kind of gets like skipped between wars in a lot of our American history classes as kids. Um, The Mm -hmm. Pullman strike in Chicago occurred a little later than this in 1894. That chant that we heard at the beginning, the 888, that was from a song that was published in 1878, which became the rallying cry for a Another nationwide strike in 1886. There were so many strikes in the 19th century. And depending on the industry you worked in, employers could just kind of force people to work, you know, 60, 80, even 100 hours a week. 
Right. So there are a bunch of ways locally that you can engage in this history in Pittsburgh. Just even walking around the waterfront, you'll see a bunch of remnants from that era. Yeah, there's a 10,000 pound press in the Lowe's parking lot over there. Um, Maura has an interesting story about that. Um, She also suggests that people note the language on some of those plaques and stuff, a lot about nation building, for example. Mm. Um, But then there's the Heinz History Center in the Strip District. And we didn't talk about him here, but a big player in all of this was Henry Clay Frick, whose family home is still standing in the East End. Um, You can tour it. The docents there do a really good job of telling some of those stories, including the darker ones. Well, let's turn to something a little more fun. Even if you don't use Spotify, you probably saw all last week uh, people posting about their Spotify rap. Yeah, you couldn't miss it. (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, top artists, genres. There's a new feature this year, too, called Sound Towns, um, which shows you what city your musical tastes allegedly align with. Francesca, did you get one? Yeah, I got Burlington, Vermont, which is funny. <laughs> yes, I know because, where this is going. <laughs> yeah, there's this story going around uh, from them, uh, the publication, uh, about how if you got Burlington, Berkeley, or Cambridge, you're probably queer. I credit my many hours of listening to Taylor Swift, Noah Khan, and Maggie Rogers for this one. That's great. I did not get a sound town at all, which I was very salty about at first. Oh, uh, credit to producer Sophia Lowe for sleuthing this one for me. Um, eligible users must have at least three top artists who over index in a particular city to get their sound town match. Oh. Um, and I have a one year old, so I listen to a lot of the Bluey theme song, which I guess maybe for parents <laughs> indexes all over the world. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're going to pinpoint a city with that one. Yep. It is what it is. <laughs> So no one on our team got Pittsburgh, but plenty of other people did across the world. I think this is interesting. Um, Someone from Vienna, Austria, shared a post on Pittsburgh Reddit about getting Pittsburgh for their Spotify sound town. And this person's Spotify said that people there are far more likely to be fans of Shinedown, Naturalist, and Sleep Miracle. I know what Shinedown is. (laughs) I don't know any of those. I'm not a very adventurous musical music listener, though, so that could just be my fault. So the comment with the most upvotes on that Reddit post said that they also got Pittsburgh and listened to a lot of emo, pop punk and ska. Uh, that kind of gives you an idea of what to listen to if you want to hack your sound down next year. <laughs> Yeah, pop punk in particular seems like a big genre here because there was also a post on the Reddit for pop punkers about how a lot of folks there got Pittsburgh as their sound town. Yeah, they listed some artists, um, Hot Mulligan, Heart Attack Man, The Wonder Years, Joyce Manor, No Pressure. Uh, Those are just a few of them. Yeah. Do you listen to any of those bands? Um, I don't, but I used to be a pop punk girly back in high school. I don't know a lot of these bands. Um, My day was very much um, uh, going to concerts at the Altar Bar in the Strip Mm -hmm. District, you know, whenever it was still a bar, after it was a church, and then it was a bar and music venue, and now it is a church again. (laughs) Yes, yes. Very few (laughs) pop punk shows I've seen were also an Altar Bar. I think that was sort of, they were were mecca for that. Um, Our executive producer, Mary suggested that maybe some of this is categorizing as Midwest emo, Um, like Hot Mulligan is from Michigan, and some people have called them Midwest 
emo. I don't know. I, I like that this uh, brings back our Pittsburgh Midwest debate. Like, are we part of the Midwest or not? Oh, right. We had a whole discussion and debate about where Pittsburgh is located. I don't know if this officially means that we're part of the Midwest. I'm still on Team Appalachia, but I've never heard of Appalachia emo. Maybe, maybe it exists. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then there's another school of thought that maybe metalcore is Pittsburgh. Um, some people commented that they listened to bands like The Devil Wears Prada. That's not the movie. Uh, Currents, Trophy Eyes, and Motionless in White. Hmm, maybe metal makes sense for us. You know, we're the Steel oh, City. come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess if you want to have Pittsburgh next year as your sound town, start exploring some of these bands. Uh, we will link to these Reddit threads in our show notes. And if you live in Pittsburgh and you actually got Pittsburgh as your sound town, we definitely want to hear from you and what you listen to. Leave us a voicemail with your name and neighborhood, and you might hear it on the show. You can call us at 412-212-8893. Again, 412-212-8893. You can also text us, too. We, we love those as well. Um, and actually, you know, speaking of labor, as we're recording this, uh, a little bit of bad news. Spotify just dropped a memo that they're laying off about 17% of their staff. Oof. According to reporting from CNBC, that's about 1,500 folks. So the sound towns are interesting, but not a good day to be an employee of Spotify. Mm. Sorry to hear this. That's not good news. Um, but let's leave you with something good you can do in your neighborhood. Um, so every week in the Hey Pittsburgh newsletter, I run a segment called Help Your Neighbors. And that is a virtual community bulletin board of mm -hmm. sorts. It has volunteer opportunities, charity events, scholarships, workshops, calls for artists and vendors. So many things. All yes. of it. Yes, so many things. Um, but really, my goal is to help people, you know, find the resources they need um, and find opportunities. And again, help your neighbors to put on your Mr. Rogers card again to help the neighbors. Yes, exactly. Um, so I want to highlight one that is seasonal. The city of Pittsburgh is looking for volunteers for its Snow Angel program to help seniors and people with disabilities clear their sidewalks and walkways this winter. Yeah. How do you get paired up for that? It's pretty simple. Um, interested volunteers can sign up on the city's website and the Department of Public Works will match you with a resident no more than a 10 minute walk away from your house. Um, actually, a friend and um, husband of the pod, Armin, <laughs> um, is a snow angel. And he told Mary Lee Williams this morning over coffee about his experience with the program. Yeah, it's really fulfilling. It's really only a handful of days a year and they email you before you actually need to do any of the snow, which is something I didn't realize at first, is you don't even need to think about it. You get an email, you go out, you shovel. That sounds easy. Yeah, and really sweet. So um, another way that you can help is if you have an elderly neighbor or someone you know um, who could benefit from this program, you can you can help them sign up and then that will just, you know, increase your chances of getting matched with them if they're if they're nearby. And again, you can find this opportunity and so many more in our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter every week. Yep, it runs every Thursday in the newsletter and you can also find it on our website, pittsburgh.citycast.fm. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you're liking what you hear, please write us a nice review. I know people say that on podcasts all the time, but it really does help. And it's a nice way to show the CityCast team that you care. We might even read yours on the show. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to you soon.
did I get locked out? <laughs>